0: I think we got a godfather situation right here at One Buck Place. And the guy that's manipulating the strings is no other than number six.
1: Buccaneers fans, big day in Buccaneers history. The sage of Tampa Bay Sports is here to talk about it. He's Ira Kaufman, the Baron of Big Storm Beer, Mr. Bill Curry Ford himself, the king. Of Newport Richie Uncle Ira the custodian of Canton. I'm Steve Isbits of JoeBucksFan.com. Lee DeCamper of JoeBucksFan is here. All the fun. Bill Curry Ford. Thank you for presenting all of Ira's work. Bill Curry Ford a mile north of Raymond James Stadium on the east side. The giant Bill Curry Ford. The futuristic dealership is now here. You gotta see it. You gotta shop at Bill Curry Ford. Dot com. GM Sean Sullivan is handing you a $500 gift card just for ordering a new vehicle through their concierge online ordering service. Very easy, no deposit. You still get the 10 year roadside assistance on the vehicle, nationwide lifetime warranty on all new vehicles. And check out everything at BillCurryFord.com. Great selection, used inventory, trucks, the Mustangs. Check it all out. BillCurryFord.com. They've been around. Since the late 1950s, Ira, not quite your uh, vintage, but uh, pretty good, pretty close. Family-owned makes a difference, billcurryford.com. Ask Sean Sullivan for that Ira Kaufman discount. He'll hand it to you just to ask him. Joe Bucks fan, Ira Kaufman, billcurryford.com. Big Storm Beer, Ira, they've got some new looks. The Bromosa's got a new can. Other beers have new looks. Their vodka sodas are fantastic and have great looks. You can get to Big Storm Brewery, Dot com to see all the varieties of beers use their storm tracker to find out where to buy it near you and big storm has their tap rooms to enjoy a great meal and all of their spirits and everything you might want big storm is in odessa clearwater just south of olmerton road on 49th street in ybor city central ybor upstairs and at the Mway center in orlando and uh, this weekend iris saturday big storm will be at the Whiskey Riot Festival in St. Pete. They'll be offering tastings. Follow them on uh, social media, and you can see them all and see the different events. Big Storm Brewing Company, Clearwater, Orlando, Ybor City, and in Odessa. And our friends at Florida's Elite Restoration, Ira, we'll talk about them later and all the great things they do for homeowners and business owners that have disasters at their property, Florida's Elite dot com. Josh Martin, the owner there, fantastic guy, friend of yours, Ira. Are you uh, I know you're always out there in the community referring Florida's Elite Restoration. Are you still doing that?
0: Well, I was in Publix today looking for Josh. Uh, I couldn't find him. I went over to the, uh, to the steak section because he's usually getting a, an expensive cut of meat. But he wasn't there. I'll, I'll check again in a couple of days, but it's always great to see him. He's got a great business that he's running over there. Good people, honest people, most
1: importantly. Florida's elite Uh, stakes not included. All right. Ira, listen. Bucks have a new offensive coordinator, Liam Cullen. He was with the Rams for a while, left for Kentucky to call plays with, uh, the Wildcats in 2021. Did not get a Super Bowl ring. Came back to the Rams in 2022. Was the offensive coordinator. That represented a promotion on the uh, Sean McVay tree. But he didn't call plays there. But he was there when Baker Mayfield arrived in December, fresh off the street. And part of his job was getting him ready to uh, play. And Mayfield's told that story about how intense it was. uh, Just getting in there, being 24-7, learning the system. And then last year, Cohen goes to Kentucky again to call plays and now he's back in the nfl with the buccaneers winning the job of offensive coordinator uh your thoughts we got a lot to say about this what are your thoughts on mr cohen
0: i'm gonna make uh mr dekemper smile with this one the godfather movie which may be the great american movie may very well be never gonna be topped leave the logo or the symbol for the movie you've seen it lee it's got the characters and the pictures and then in the background you see strings Strings, manipulative Ah, strings. Puppet strings, yeah. The puppet strings. And Lee, I think we got a Godfather situation right here at one buck place. And the guy that's manipulating the strings is no other than number six. Baker Mayfield. Lee, there's no other way to read this. I mean, does Todd Bowles have a relationship with this guy? No. Not not that we know of. Does Jason Light know this guy? Not not that we know of. The Glazers... Oh that he does. Probably not on the Glazers, uh, although you never know about Ed. But there's Mayfield. Now, Lee, it's not like he spent two years with this guy. He might have spent two months with this guy. But it was enough to develop a comfort level. And I I just can't imagine the Bucs hiring this guy, possibly bringing Evans back, and then watching Mayfield hit free agency. Now, Lee, they can use the franchise tag on him. They can. They probably don't want to, but they can. This guy Mayfield written all over it. Uh, I, I, maybe I'm overplaying this, but um, we knew Mayfield had influence. Boy, does he have influence right now. He, he's got a hold over this
2: organization. It's pretty tight. I don't necessarily think Mayfield's calling the shots as you're insinuating here, but I think the Bucks are doing this smartly. Whether it's bad or whether it's good, the Bucks led by Mayfield, played their way out of a good draft pick for a quarterback or at least won their way out of trading trading range to go get a quarterback unless Panix is going to fall to the teens. Maybe the Bucks could trade up and get him. But because of that, Mayfield kind of has them caught in a the corner. They want Mayfield. Mayfield wants the Bucks. What are the options? Obviously, Kyle Trask is not an option. I know your Colts will get mad and probably burn uh, embers around uh, someone's grave at midnight tonight about that mayfield doesn't necessarily control but he's got the bucks painted in a the corner they want him he wants them and so if you're smart and you think mayfield is the guy and obviously bowls is close to mayfield i don't think that's any secret the way Bulls talks about it when you want a coordinator that has a history with them a good history with them albeit five games but a good history with Mayfield? I mean, wouldn't you want that? Wouldn't you want uh, a coordinator that has a history with them that they can work together and, you know, put out a good product and produce? I would think that's a, a good thing. I would think that's a smart thing. You know, I, I got a couple of comments on Joe Buck's fan, Steve and I did, that, you know, Mayfield should take whoever they decide to go. Well, you know, that, that looks good on paper, but you got to deal with human beings. If you're going to force-feed Mayfield to work with some you know, clown coordinator like uh, Smith. They hired some dummy like that and yeah. Mayfield blows up and you lose 14 games. Well, who the hell is a smart, you I mean, that, that's stupid. And so uh, I think this is smart. I would hope the Bucks would consult with Mayfield. And I thought Mayfield's quote at the Pro Bowl that NFL Network had, he basically said the Bucks and his people were in negotiations, then Canales left and the negotiations stopped. And Mayfield said, we got to know who's going to be calling the play. That's I right. think that's absolutely fair for Mayfield to say that. Is Mayfield pulling the strings? I see where you're going, Ira. I, I think he's got influence. I don't think he's dictating it. When we learned the list of uh, coaches that Bulls planned to interview for this job, a significant number of them had ties to Sean McVay. And I thought that was refreshing because, let's be honest, Now I'll, I'll use the line I used in a story on JoeBucksFan.com. Sean McVay pumps out quality coaches like Ford does F-150s at Bill Curry Ford. I mean, he's he's, like, he's got a, a nice touch when it comes to assistant coaches. I thought that was a breath of fresh air. And I thought it was very forward-thinking that the Bucks leave Mayfield out of the discussion, that the Bucks were looking at McVay assistant coaches to take over the offense. And I applaud them for that. And you factor in that, that Mayfield, although it was only five games, you can make argument that Liam Cohen, he may have saved Mayfield's career. They've got a connection, they've got a history,
0: and that he's coming to the Bucks, And uh, I applaud the Bucks for that. Steve, in terms of familiarity with Baker Mayfield, I thought that Lewis had a real shot, worked directly with Mayfield all of last season, helped resurrect Mayfield's career. Steve, is it fair in trying to analyze this um, situation? Steve, is it fair that, Perhaps Mayfield preferred Cohn over Lewis as an offensive coordinator?
1: I don't know. My guess, I'm just guessing. And yeah, I think Mayfield had a lot of influence, but I'm guessing that they just asked him simply, who do you like and why? And I'm sure he had a list of, you know, he's been around so many people. I'm sure he had a list. I don't think it was just one guy. I'm sure he might've been fine with, you know, three or four guys. So obviously Cohn was on that list. And here we are. So, I, you know, I don't know if it went much beyond that, but you never know. It could have been, hey, this is the guy I want, and maybe he was in on some conference calls. I don't know how much they love Mayfield, and it's hard to say. We're going to find out when we see the contract that gets laid out for him. <laughs> One thing that, that's interesting, I've spent a lot of time, Ira, uh, today, just looking into Cohen and his history with the Rams, and what I think is interesting is that Cohen was with the Rams in 2022. Mayfield arrived. He was part of the crash course team that got him ready for that Thursday night game on like two or three days notice. But literally like two, three days after that game, Cohen advised the Rams and Chris Mortensen reported it that he's gone. I'm going to Kentucky next year. I'm out when the soon as the season's over. So supposedly Cohen sort of was half checked out at the end of that season. The Rams had nothing to play for. He had already an- announced that he was leaving before the season was over, and was not necessarily the the hands on force that he was before. And McVay had other underlings there and all that other stuff. So that's sort of interesting. You know, you, the the visual is oh, he was there grinding with Mayfield twelve hours a day through his five starts there. I don't think that was necessarily the case, but surely he did enough to make an impression.
0: Lee, does that raise the question, why didn't McVay try harder to keep this guy from going back to uh, the college ranks? Um, Is that a fair question to ask? It's fair, but also
2: remember McVay hired him twice. I think that speaks volumes. If he didn't like the guy, he wouldn't hire him a second time. From what I understand, Cohen wanted to be the play caller, and I guess McVay, if he's not a play caller, he has a lot of hand in it. And uh, and Cohen thought that for his career to advance, he had to call plays, and so that's one reason he went back to uh, Kentucky. And from what I also understand, Mark Stoops probably made it worth his while to return to Kentucky, and uh, so that was part of it as well. So I don't look at that as a big uh, black mark on his resume. No,
1: Steve, yeah, um, me neither, Ira. He wanted to call plays, and McVay calls the plays, and. And that's that. But but, uh, Sage, you got a question? But I have a big picture question that I think is important. But if you got something, shoot.
0: Well, I was just going to remark how remarkable it is. A year ago, nobody was thinking very much about Baker Mayfield, Lee. If they were, and there were suitors, multiple suitors, he he would not have signed the deal that he did with the Bucks. Lee, exactly. Not so, (laughs) Lee. Here it is, a year later. And, you know, I'll, hey, I'll be the first guy to give Mayfield credit. He, he earned this. But, but a yeah, year later, you know, you've got an organization that's kind of catering to Baker Mayfield at this point. I'm with you. He's not calling the shots. He's not, he's not usurping Jason Light. He's not. But he's got a lot of influence. You use that word, Lee. I think it's fair. It's really amazing what's happened to Mayfield in the last year.
2: Yeah, I mean, he went from being borderline outcast. So now it's like, hey, Baker, who do you want? What do you want to work with? <laughs> so, yeah, that's, winning is the greatest perfume. That's what we have here. No one expected, and I don't even think the Bucks, the, the coaching staff themselves expected the Bucs to be a timeout and a play away from, uh, from an NFC title game.
0: And they were. Why get rid of the guy who was a big reason you got that far? Uh, Steve, I think Bowles is very genuine, which I don't think you is with Devin White in terms of his public persona when he talks about the guy. But I think in terms of Mayfield, I think Bowles absolutely believes in what he's saying in terms of Mayfield winning him over completely, completely. I don't think Bowles has any qualms about Mayfield at all. And more than his arm strength or this and that, I think it's his attitude that has won Bowles over, uh, his leadership ability, his relationship with the guys in the locker room, I think Bowles would be devastated, devastated if Mayfield moves on to another team.
1: Well, yeah, I mean look, uh Ryan Fitzpatrick had a great year for Bowles in his first year coaching, and then he held out. And he also choked in the final game. So it it, it may Mayfield is the best quarterback Bowles has ever coached. So why would he why would he want to get rid of him? And I'm only factoring in Mayfield playing better than Tom Brady twenty twenty-two plus He's got Bruce Arians in his ear, the ultimate quarterback guru, uh, or at least a lot of, some people think so, saying, hey, this is the guy. He's great. You know, we, we loved him. You loved him. Uh, he's you know, he's in the right spot. The bigger... Now, pick- now wait, wait
0: a minute, Steve. To that point, I mean, I think the Arians' influence is strong, but I think there's a limit to it, and I'll give you an example. Lee, I think if it was up to Arians, and it's not, but if it was, Lee, I think Dad Lewis gets that job because... That's Arians' guy, and Bowles didn't pick him. And good for Bowles. This is Bowles' team, not Arians' team. But Arians would, uh, is all over Thad Lewis. That, that's his guy. Oh, wow. Now, when you started to say that about
2: Arians' influence, this was what was going through my mind. His influence on light may be better than it is on Bowles. I really think he wants to take a step away from Bowles. You said it, Ira, yourself. His team. He wants to let Bowles coach his own way. His team, but I think, and I could be dead wrong here, but I think Arians has more
0: influence with light than he does with Bulls. I think that's a fair point, Lee. He deliberately uh, is making himself scarce around one buck place, even in training camp, Steve. He doesn't want, he doesn't want Bulls feeling he's got to look over his shoulder. And I think that speaks well of of Arians.
1: Uh Sage, big picture question here is, Liam Cohen has a solid resume. He's from that Sean McVay tree. We know what happened with Dave Canales. Are the Bucks kind of just on this weird merry-go-round here where if Cohen comes in and has a good season, the Bucks offense, you know, let's face it, let's be real. It wasn't even average last year. It got better late in the season, but overall it was not great. But let's say he has a similar season and the Bucks win the NFC South. He may very well be gone as a head coach. And then we're sort of on this uh, on this merry-go-round of replacing offensive coordinators, which is what happens with the defensive head coach. Uh, but What do you, what are your thoughts on that?
0: I don't think you can think that way, Steve. I don't think they do think that way. When you lose a guy, it probably means lead it. You had a successful season. Number two, no guarantee the guy's going to leave. I mean, look at Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson had every opportunity. He didn't do it. He came back to uh, Dan Campbell. Lee, you can't be thinking that way. Yeah, we might lose this guy. You know, well, what are you going to do? Lee, take a lesser candidate? That's crazy. So, you know, this is the guy that Bowles thinks will give him the best chance to win in 24, parentheses, Mayfield signs off on it, close parentheses. I understand Steve's point, uh, Lee, but I, I don't think it's relevant to the guy that you hire. You, you can't be thinking that way. Generally speaking,
2: you're you're correct, Ira? is thinking like an owner, and that's how owners think. That's why it's so hard now for defensive coordinators to get gigs. Offensive coordinators, it's no, it's no problem. Because if you hire an offensive coordinator, theoretically, that guy's going to be head coach and offensive coordinator as well. He ain't leaving. And there you have your quarterback coach uh, marriage for uh, years. Interesting, that's, Interesting. Uh, the perfect example is what we just saw right now. And to take your words, Ira, you're saying you're going to take a lesser candidate? That's crazy. I think it's fair to say Mike McDonald was a better candidate as a coach, just as a coach, than Dave Canales. Dave Canales is an offensive guy. He calls plays. And and I'm not knocking Dave. Dave, while his offense may not have been world-shattering, look at all the individual players that improved and or had career years with him. That can't be a coincidence. So that's one reason why Canales got a job almost immediately. Mike McDaniel, or McDaniel, McDonald got what, Seattle, D, if I recall correctly? Yeah. It yeah. was like the second yeah. last job that was opening up. That's the way owners think. And that's why you see so many offensive coordinators getting jobs where
0: really quality defensive coordinators are on the outside looking in. In all honesty, Steve, and I don't want to speak for you two guys, but Steve, I'm stunned that Canales got a head coach job. This quickly. I mean, this guy came out of nowhere, basically. He didn't do a fabulous job. I mean, they averaged two more points than they did uh, with Brady going to Mayfield. Maybe they were injured a little bit less than they were when uh, in Brady's last year. But it was, it was a minuscule difference, Lee, from 18 to 20. Nobody's doing cartwheels about 20 points a game. I'm stunned that Canales got that job, Lee. I'm not stunned at all, and, I,
2: and I've written about this several times. You know what I just stated earlier individually, there's a whole lot of guys that had career years or near career years under Canales. You, you can't wave it off as a coincidence. Mike Evans, Rashad White, Baker Mayfield, Kate Otten, technically uh, Luke Gedicki. You know, all these guys had near career years or actually had career years. And right. that's all, all with under Canales. So. These, uh, these owners are coming, you know, the, the Rooneys of the world and the Joneses of the world, and that's not really a good example, but the Rooneys of the world, the Mares of the world, those are becoming less and less. The McCaskey, right Most of these new owners coming in, come in are corporate people. Pepper's a corporate guy. Well, Dave Canales just screams corporate. That's the guy you want as your front man. Well-spoken, young, positive, energetic. energetic. All the check marks for a corporate coach, Dave Canales checks. Every one of those points. Check check mark, mark, check mark. Players played very well for him.
0: I, I, that was a no-brainer for me, him going to Carolina. That didn't shock me at all. I, I guess my point, Steve, is he only did it for one year. I, I guess that's my yeah, point. Sage, that's what, rare. Like, that's
1: rare. Sage, we, look, we, we've analyzed Canales. We've talked about it, broken it down. At, at the end of the day, I agree with you, Ira, because of the numbers. One year, Colin plays, 20th in the league in scoring, even with a fantastic kicker. The best kicking season in Buccaneers history from a field goal. And very few, and very few
0: injuries on offense, Steve. Very
1: few. Very, very few, few injuries. Twenty third in yards. Passing game did some good things, but ultimately they were at fourteenth in yards per attempt. You know, this was pretty middle of the road. A worst rushing game in football. Yards per carry and total yards for a team that set out to run the ball. And yes, guys improved individually, but collectively the run game was a a steaming turd. I mean, that's what it was until the last two, three games. So it is kind of stunning, but it speaks to where the league is going for a lot of the reasons that Lee mentioned. And, and if it is going that way, then, you know, it goes back to the cycle we just talked about. Yeah. You can't worry about a guy leaving, but it's a, it's an organizational philosophy of, do you want a defensive head coach or an offensive head coach? And, If you get the defensive guy, you have to deal with the consequences if you're successful. But that brings me to Mayfield Ira and something I brought up on the podcast a month ago, two months ago. Here we are now, Raheem Morris in Atlanta, which we've talked about. He hires Zach Robinson, Mayfield's quarterback's coach with the Rams. Raheem watched Mayfield in person. You can go back and find Raheem quotes about Mayfield from December in january of last season and they need a quarterback and they know that man we would have we would have won the nfc south if we had baker mayfield last year now we got mayfield's old quarterbacks coach we're mcveigh guys Mc, i know you know raheem knows mayfield i mean do you think that they make a move here on mayfield and worst case they drive up the price on the bucks and squeeze them on the salary cap do you think they're going that way
0: I think we'd be naive, Lee, to think that they're not going to make a run at Mayfield. Uh-huh. And that's why that's why I think he might end up being a franchise player with the tag. Lee, It, it might happen. You know, Blank, Lee, I said it before, I'll say it again. He is desperate. Yes, he is. He is desperate. The Glazers have already won two titles, and they're not 80 years old. This guy's in his <laughs> 80s.
1: He, he never
0: li- he's, never li- <laughs> he's never lifted the Lombardi Trophy. Uh, he might have seen one when he goes to visit the uh, Hall of Fame or something. Lee, he's desperate. And Steve uh, just laid out a nice scenario where they throw a ton of money at Mayfield. Loyalty only goes so far, Lee. Yes, he appreciates that the bucks of the franchise that gave him a chance. And he loves Chris Godwin. And he loves light and he likes bowls. In the end, that might not be good enough, Lee. And, and, and he might have picked uh, had a big hand in picking Colt. The Falcons are desperately—now, Lee, I, I think they have the eighth pick. Yeah, now, you would think that Williams, May, and Daniels will be gone. Will be gone. And if they try to move up, it's going to cost them a fortune. Could they get a Bo Nix? Yeah. Is that the way that Arthur Blank wants to go? Bo Nix? J.J. McCarthy, Penix isn't uh, going to go in the top ten. Lee, there's Mayfield sitting there. You steal him away from a rival. You cripple the Bucks. In the process, you can't take your eyes off what's going on uh, up I seventy five.
2: Oh yeah, I, I think uh, Mayfield. You know, Steve said it eloquently. I think Mayfield absolutely in play for Atlanta. And don't you know, as they would see in Wisconsin or Minnesota, Upper Midwest, don't you know that they're gonna they, Mayfield's agent's gonna play the Bucks against the Falcons and vice versa. You know, you know that's gonna happen. And that's what he gets paid for to do. So I don't blame him. The, the, the difference between the, the, the Dixie Chicks and the Bucks, the Dixie Chicks can draft Michael Penix. The Bucks would probably have to trade up for that. So they have options at quarterback, i.e. draft a rookie. And I bet you if we had a couple beers, if you had a couple beers, Ira, I don't think Raheem's going to have any beers for Steve and I in the near future. But if you had beers for Raheem and got him to be honest, I think he'd rather pick a quarterback than get Mayfield. Because if Mayfield happens to flop and let's be honest here is his career has been up and down if he flops all of a sudden Raheem's head's on the chopping block if the quarterback comes through Raheem's there for a decade
1: I gotta say Ira nobody can argue with you when you give the perspective of a man who turns 82 in September so uh you know that that's that's the kind of thing you get here on the Ira Kaufman podcast. Nicely, nicely said. Sage, Florida's Elite restoration.com is where everybody needs to go today so they're prepared for when they have storm damage, flood, fire, water damage, mold in their property and need to call someone to restore it and fix it and mitigate the damages immediately so insurance will cover it. Florida's Elite Restoration is that company, locally owned. And when you call owner Josh Martin, if you mention Ira Kaufman, or JoeBucksFan.com, that you heard about them there, he will give you $500 back if you eventually need their services. That's after a free evaluation at your property with the greatest technology and the people who know what the heck they're doing to preserve your greatest asset when you have that tragedy in your home. Florida'sEliteRestoration.com. Get there today. Thanks again to Bill Curry Ford, the official dealership of the Irie Kaufman Podcast, but great friends, family-owned Nationwide lifetime warranty on every new vehicle. Check them out today. BillCurryFord.com The Giant is a mile north of Raymond James Stadium and Big Storm Beer, as we said, is the official beer of the Ira Kaufman podcast. BigStormBrewery.com right, calm down, Ira. What do you got?
0: Now, Steve, I'm going to open a can of worms over here and I don't like worms, but I'm going to throw it out. We might have to continue this, guys, next week. We're probably going to continue it for a couple of months, but Lee, dare I say this, dare I say this in the Mayfield euphoria from Buck Nation. Lee, there's risk involved. You just pointed it out, Lee. It, it is not a short it is not a short thing giving this guy three years for a hundred million dollars. Steve Absolutely. Totally That agree. could blow up and, and make you really look bad and that's why Lee says draft a quarterback anyway. He's right. Yeah. He's right. You, you uh, CYA yourself. Even Sean King talked about it uh,
2: with a gambling magazine a couple of days ago. You CYA yourself. If you're going to sign the three year contract, make sure there's outs after every season. Cover yourself. And, oh, by the way, draft a quarterback. And if he, it, it, you, you know, and I said this earlier, and Sean King said it as well you draft a quarterback in the first round. If Mayfield works out, great. You've got a hell of a trade chip on your on your roster
0: if Mayfield doesn't work out well you've got the backup plan ready to rock and roll. I'm just saying that um given Mayfield's history he had a good solid season, Steve. Not elite, but good and solid. I I don't question that. He didn't make a lot of mistakes. The giveaways were min- were minimal. The Bucks finished off uh, with a nice turnover differential, Steve, and I give Mayfield a lot of credit for that, but Steve, if you're going to if you're going to marry this guy for 3 or 4 years, it does come with some risk, Steve. we got to be uh, realistic here.
1: Well, Sage, everything comes with risk. And look, Derek Carr basically got two years guaranteed. And then the third year, it's, <laughs> it's pretty easy for the team to let him go in the third year without a lot of pain. There's no way Baker Mayfield is going to sign any kind of multi-year contract that has and out after one year. There's no way he'd be a moron. Just take the franchise tag for the $35 million and, and go from there. So if they want this quarterback, which Todd Bowles wants, and Jason Light likes him, and at the end of the day, he's going to be paid top 12, not top, top five or elite money, I think they're just going to spend it and just do it. Um, it's nice to try to cover yourself, but I don't know. I don't know how the Glazers feel about A young quarterback and investing there. You know, they failed with Jameis. That's the end of the day. They failed. And maybe they're feeling a little gun shy if they don't have a top, top, top pick. Maybe they'd rather draft the next Mike Evans. I don't know where they stand. Uh, It's a big ownership thing. You've taught us that on the podcast, Ira, that ownership is about the quarterback, very much so. And I don't know if the Glazers have that kind of motivation right now. They may look at the league and say, you know what? Yeah, the Lions didn't draft Jared Goff. And, uh, you know, we didn't draft Tom Brady. And, and on down the line and may just think, you know what? We'll take our chances later.
0: I understand that. You know, Lee, one thing given Mayfield, uh, a multi-year deal, doesn't address and it, and it. Lee, it's my pet peeve. You know that. If I got one thing to say about this franchise, which has won two titles and a lot of teams haven't won one, um they've never landed that guy in the draft they've never they've never done it lee and signing mayfield for three or four years ain't gonna change that uh and part of the bonus of the whole freaking thing is you get the guy cheap for three or four years that's another factor and Uh they never do it they never get the right guy they never sign him to the second contract and you know uh you might as well put it on my tombstone, Lee. The Bucks never drafted a franchise quarterback. You might as well put it down there. Is that below or above? Run the ball. Uh, right below. Right below. <laughs> run,
1: Forrest. Run, Steve. All don't talk about your tombstone. People, they get upset. You know, you're the sage. Come on. All right, listen.
0: Well, I've, been, I've, been th- I've been thinking about Martin Fennelly. I-, I can't get it out of my mind. You know, yeah. it's a week later. And uh, that was a tough one for me, Steve. It was a tough one
1: understandably so sage and uh, we did talk about martin fennelly the former tampa tribune tampa bay times columnist who passed away on the last podcast anybody can go back and listen to the last 10 minutes or so uh iris shared a lot of uh interesting memories there and if you don't know who martin Fenley was or didn't read him uh you can learn uh learn a little bit about tampa bay history there in the last podcast uh, man,
0: I'm, not known, Lee, I'm not known to uh to initiate uh you know all kinds of uh Bouquets for uh John Romano, but he wrote a hell of a column, and I gotta give him credit. He didn't have to write a column about Martin. Not only did he do one, but he did it, did him right. So uh good job, Romano. Good job.
1: Uh don't don't forget to say hello next time I see you. Don't forget. Sage, Bill Curry Ford, get there. BillCurryFord.com, get to the dealership, see this incredible futuristic dealership a mile north of Raymond James Stadium. The giant is back, BillCurryford.com. Sage, Dave Canales took our offensive line coaches, Joe Gilbert and Harold Goodwin. They were co-offensive line coaches. Uh, Goodwin handled the interior line, and Joe Gilbert handled the tackles. And what I'll say about those guys, aside from being really cool guys, uh, they always had their players ready. Now, they didn't necessarily have any clue on how to run the ball and scheme a running game, and Goodwin was the run game coordinator for the Bucs under Bruce Arians, Todd Bowles, and Leftwich, and under um, Canales last year. The Bucks back-to-back, Ira, worst running game in the league. I, went, I did the history on it. You'd have to go back to the 2006 Cardinals to find back-to-back worst rushing game in the league. Uh, it's hard to do, and they accomplished it. And while the team clearly was good pass blockers, uh, my view is that, you know what? If you guys couldn't develop Tristan Wirfs into the beastly, punishing run blocker he was at iowa then you 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 screwed up a little bit and maybe we need some fresh bodies in here and while i like those guys i i'm almost glad they're gone let's let's get some new blood some new teaching uh let's scheme the running game up if we're going to run the ball at least a little bit let it be more effective and that should help everything what are your thoughts
0: i'm kind of of with steve on this lee uh and of course a lot of buck fans are already saying uh don't let the door hit you on the way out Uh, i'm not gonna be that crude i'll give him credit Lee on Gedeke, who looked lost at left guard and looked pretty darn good at right tackle. But, Lee, the the proof's in the numbers. Pass protection, adequate. I'm not going to go better than that. Adequate. Great point on worse. Why isn't he a road grader, Lee? Why? He wasn't even one on the right side. Fantastic in pass protection. Fantastic. Maybe the best in the league. Lee, you can't get over those numbers in the run game. You can't pin it all on Rashad White. I'm sorry. Uh, this has been a problem for years. It's been a problem before Rashad White ever became a Buccaneer. It's been a problem. They're not physical, and they didn't do a good job in the run game over a period of time. So let's get somebody in there that can run uh, some schemes, that can get wide open, or whoever. Uh, I hope they get a speedy back in the draft or free agency because I think they need one. You're not going to get a Jamar Gibbs, but I'd like a guy with some burst. You know, like a junior, uh, Jamar Gibbs. So, Lee, overall grade, I, I give him a C. Gilbert and-, and, and, Goodwin, to me, they get a C. Lee, you know me with running the ball, but I can't argue with you, Lee. You're last in the league. You got to own that.
2: Yeah, I, you know I'm not going to totally rip the offensive line for a couple reasons. One, I've seen enough holes that Rashad White either didn't recognize or refused to run through. That's not on Hainsey, that's not on Cody Bank. that's not on Aaron Skinny. When holes are there and a running back doesn't take advantage of them, you can't blame the offensive line. And I saw enough of those. Uh, having said that, I don't know what happened to Worfs as a running back, or as a run block. And I've said this before, I'll say it again. I'll, I'll directly quote Bruce Arians. Toward the end of Christian Worf's rookie year, It was in December, and at the time, they were still doing all Zoom calls because of the virus. And someone, I can't remember who, asked them about running behind Tristan Wirfs and how that seemed to be very effective. And Bruce Arians broke out in a smirk on his face, a grin, and he said, yeah, we get a lot of push when we run to the right side, don't we? So what happened to that push since Wirfs was a rookie? It was there. I'll remind people in playoff Lenny scored that button. 30-some-yard touchdown in the Super Bowl. That was behind Werson and pulling Ali Marpet. They were road graders on that play. So they could run. It, is it because Ali Marpet retired? Is it because Ryan Jensen got hurt? Uh, and I hope we get to Ryan Jensen in a moment. Don't forget, uh, uh, don't forget Gronkowski, Lee. Don't forget Gronkowski. Oh, yeah, Gronk, Gronk too. But something happened there. And I, I will suggest it was more personnel than offensive line coaches.
1: Maybe I'm crazy. All right, Sage, hey, we're going to uh, – Lee mentioned Ryan Jensen. We'll go there uh, unless you have something poignant that you need to uh, spit out about the offensive line coaches. We can touch a little bit more on them later. I'm not trying to knock these guys. I Again, I really will emphasize that they always had their guys ready. Guys would come off the bench for the Bucks, whether it be Stinney or uh, Brandon Walton filling in for Donovan Smith or uh, your, your cousin who's not with the team anymore. What was his name again, Ira? Josh uh, – I forget. Oh, oh yeah. Wells. Well, well. <laughs> Josh Wells, the Sage's legitimate cousin and uh <laughs> bottom. It's true. And bottom line, those guys were ready. So, and, and sometimes you see guys come in off the bench and, and it's a train wreck of, of epic proportions, but uh, you, Shipley. yeah, Shipley. And you know, I just think they, they can do better and uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens with this new group. So Sage, uh, Ryan Jensen hangs it up. Uh, your thoughts.
0: I got a lot of respect for Ryan Jensen. I think the three of us do. He's the classic tone setter, Lee, for the guys up front. Maybe not the most athletic guy in the world. He's not Jason Kelsey, but he was nasty. Lee played within the rules, but you knew he was there, you know, and he had different guys on his left, different guys on his right, great leadership skills. Uh, it's a shame. Uh, he's not 38 years old, had a very good NFL career, Uh, with a couple of different franchises. I think they're still looking for the next Ryan Jensen. Uh, I hope they find him, because I think they can do better as the anchor uh, in that line. But a lot of respect for Jensen. and Lee personally speaking, always treated the media with respect, thoughtful, and uh, never ducked away. Nothing but good things to say about him. I echo what you said, Ira.
2: The only thing I could really add, and this speaks volumes, I think, and Ira, you saw this as well. You know, he was put on IR in training camp, if I recall correctly. And he just couldn't go. He just, his knee was shot. was destroyed. You know, he could have easily gone home. When I say home, I'm talking Colorado, because that's where he lives. He could have easily gone home, sulked, worked on his business, whatever. No one would have said a word. No one would have blinked an eye. No one would have blamed him. He was at every Bucks practice that I was at. He was at every Bucks game that I saw. He was a presence in the locker room every day. I thought that said a lot about him. He knew he couldn't play anymore. The team knew he couldn't play anymore, and he showed up every day. I think that speaks volumes of the guy, what kind of teammate he was. I don't know how you put this into words, but when he played, when he was on the field, in crude
0: terms, the opposing defense didn't F with anybody with the Bucs. That's exactly right, Lee. Steve, after the first year in Tampa, I thought he was a free agent mistake. A year later, I thought he was a free agent fined by Jason Light. Uh, it'll, it'll go down as one of Light's better free agents. and he's, he's got a lot of good people on. You know, you can't beat Shaq Barrett, Lee. I mean, that's a classic. Oh, yeah. Free, you know, uh, nobody ever heard of Shaq Barrett until the Bucks got him. He was a part-time player, and uh, Light's made some good moves. And, and Jensen's, uh, the, you know, he's near the top
1: of the board. Yeah, Jensen, very interesting from the standpoint of Light made him the highest-paid center in the game when he signed him for the 2018 season, light like, felt he needed to get tougher and, and all that. And uh, Joe Hawley was heading out and he was broken down his body and stuff. And they bring in Jensen. And in 2018, after the season, Jensen admitted publicly, which so got guy, a few guys would ever do that. Hey, you know, I kind of, he didn't say loafed, but he's like, you know, I, I, I kind of wasn't giving it everything I had. And, 2019. And he had Jensen had a bunch of penalties, if you remember. 2018, a bunch of stupid penalties. And he cleaned it all up in 2019, and it was full speed ahead. And um, I think uh, his prime as a guy who started a little bit later, he was a late bloomer as an offensive lineman. And of course, he went to small school. I think he really hit his prime when Tom Brady came and it was magical. And I made the pro bowl after 2021. And you know what? The bucks may have done a lot of damage if he wasn't hurt in 2022. You you remember, I think Ira, you were out there. I was out there. Lee was out there. How just the, the, the calm, the quiet ugliness that just fell over training camp that day when he went down, uh, you know, just one of those history changing things, but he'll forever be remembered. Fans loved him. Why not? And I bet you there's a good chance uh, Lee, I, I believe he's full time in Tampa now, with his between his business and his kids and all that. Uh, my guess is that he'll still be around the team, even though he's retiring.
2: He did a podcast the other day, him and his business partner Garrett Gilkey. Yeah, that Garrett Gilkey. He said, "Coach is not for him." I don't know if you know this, Ira, but he co-owns a luxury home construction company with Gilkey, and they have two divisions. One division's in Tampa. You know, they work all over Florida, but their head. Tampa, and the other division is in Denver, or in Colorado, oh. I say. And that's where, nice. Jess' from Colorado, and, and from what I've read, he takes care of the Colorado division, Gilkey takes care of the Florida division.
1: You know, obviously, he'll be accepted uh, with open arms there if he wants to uh, oh, yeah. visit and sit in on some meetings and who knows what, uh, and obviously, he knows Mayfield very well. Uh, our photographer, for Joe Bucks fan area, you know, sends us tons of pictures that we never use. And, um, you know, you see on those pictures that aren't necessarily worth using at all, but you see him and Jensen, you know, near each other, talking to each other, uh, kind of thing. So, you know, there, there's been a lot of influence there. All right, Iris, say goodbye to everybody. You got something to say uh, on your goodbye? Well, I might as well tell everybody that I got a cortisone
0: shot today, uh, Stevie, not in my knee, in my hip. (laughs) And when the needle went in, I go, ah, this is a piece of cake. Then he pressed the plunger Lee. And when yeah. you press the plunger, I could feel it, you know, going into the muscle or wherever the hell it's going. And I, ho- I hope it helps me, Lee. I've been, uh, I've been hobbled uh, for three or four years, and um, my first cortisone shot, Lee, you've got some experience with it. If it alleviates uh, some of the pain, it- it'll be well worth it. I an uh, unknown warrior. The reason why I said that, as you say you're hobbled, I never saw you limp. Uh, my wife says uh, I walk like a penguin, uh, Lee. So uh, <laughs> remember the penguin from the Batman uh, show? Oh, of uh, course. Burgess Meredith. Oh, Burgess Meredith. All I'm missing is that stupid cigarette. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. How's, how's that for an ending? Uh, <laughs> I,
1: I, I got Lee quacking like a duck over there. Right? I, I don't even know what to say, Ira. You, these constant health updates. Uh, unbelievable. Why don't you call Arthur Blank and tell him to stay away from Tampa? All right, Ira. See you. <laughs>